0: No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., Allison Gill. And since last week was light on Mueller news, this week decided to go bonkers. We have Mueller Report news, more Mueller Report news, 302 news from BuzzFeed, and Jason Leopold, Trump Jr., Mueller probe news, as well as some steel dossier updates, and of course, we'll have some sabotage in the fantasy indictment league, including huge news that we learned this week about how the Department of Justice is criminally investigating the insurrection. At uh, first, I want to thank our patrons. If you want ad-free episodes of this show, the MSW Book Club, and the Daily Beans, you can get all three shows in one subscription for just thirty-six bucks a year. So sign up at Patreon.com/slash Mueller. She wrote. And with that, we have a lot of news to get to. So let's jump in with just the facts. Okay, first up, in the land of Jason Leopold, master of FOIA and king of BuzzFeed News, 10 redacted passages in former special counsel Robert Mueller's report, including one that discusses the decision not to bring criminal charges against Donald Trump Jr. and others, were ordered to be revealed following a years-long battle by BuzzFeed News. In an 18-page opinion issued Tuesday, a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit unanimously ruled that there is a, quote, significant public interest in lifting the veil of secrecy and that, quote, disclosure would also show how the special counsel interpreted the relevant law and applied it to already public facts in reaching his declination decisions. The Justice Department had said the passages should be kept from public view to protect the privacy rights of people in question, but after reviewing an unredacted copy of the report, which summarized the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election, then-President Donald Trump's attempts to obstruct the inquiry, the court determined that those rights were diminished by other parts of the report. Quote, The factual and personally identifying information alleged to be contained in the redacted passages is available elsewhere in the report. The redacted passages contain no new facts. They contain no new information or descriptions of conduct. That have not been made public elsewhere in this very report. The privacy interests then are not robust, and so no additional reputational or stigmatizing harm can result from the disclosure of the information contained therein. As a result, the strong public interest tips the scale in favor of disclosure, as releasing this information would show only government decision-making, not new private information. That was the opinion written by Judge Karen Henderson, a G.W. Bush appointee. The appeals court opinion said the Department of Justice must lift redactions covering a total of 10 passages on pages 9, 179, 180, and 183 that discuss the decision not to charge people with campaign finance violations and computer-related crimes. The court rejected BuzzFeed News's request as it applied to Mueller's deliberations about individuals who were investigated for making false statements but not charged because it would reveal new details about them not contained elsewhere in the report. And would result in reputational harm. Hmm. Of the individuals, quote, whose privacy interests may be jeopardized by disclosure of the requested information, only one is a public official. The remaining individuals are private citizens who served on a presidential campaign. The Department of Justice can still appeal the decision to the Supreme Court. That would be Garland's DOJ. We'll see what he decides to do here. The government argued that these new disclosures were not necessary because most of the report had already been made public and because Congress also released its own report about Russia's interference in the 2016 election. But the appellate court described the government's argument as irrelevant because Mueller's legal analysis of whether to bring charges has not been released and likely would contribute significantly to public understanding of the operations or activities of the government. One of the redacted passages the government must disclose Corresponds to a public portion of the report related to Donald Trump Jr. and his communications with WikiLeaks during the 2016 campaign. Last year, BuzzFeed News forced the government to unredact other previously secret portions of the Mueller report relating to WikiLeaks. Those passages showed Mueller's office investigated WikiLeaks and its founder, Julian Assange, for the hacking of the DNC, as well as for possible campaign finance violations, but ultimately chose not to bring criminal charges. Mueller's probe produced 37 indictments and seven convictions. In 2019, BuzzFeed News filed a FOIA suit against the Department of Justice for a complete unredacted copy of Mueller's report. And although the report had you know, been publicly released, BuzzFeed News sought it through a public records request, because doing so would force the government to explain the justification for each redaction. That would also provide an opportunity to challenge the redactions. Since then, U.S. District Court Judge Reggie Walton twice ruled in favor of the news organization and ordered the government to release dozens of secret passages in the report. So when I say we have most of the Mueller report, that's what I mean. BuzzFeed News filed an appeal to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit last year after the lower court rejected its attempts to win the release of additional secrets and sections in the report. The appeals court said Walton should order the Justice Department to disclose the portions of the report it withheld. Matt Topic, BuzzFeed News' FOIA attorney said Tuesday's appeals court decision reaffirms the public's right to understand how the government makes decisions. Unfortunately, he continues, the government agencies routinely violate FOIA, and it's encouraging whenever courts apply the law and hold the government to its transparency obligations. And in somewhat buried news, BuzzFeed and CNN also got a new batch of 302s released by the Department of Justice in their FOIA suit that include text messages, a letter sent to Schiff and Nunes from Carter Page, and more. I reviewed the release, and there's not much new here. There are text messages uh, from Carter Page, one batch from July of 2016, saying, I'm in St. Petersburg, and then, quote, He must understand that it, he has to remain very discreet. Confirmed with the son, Eric. Okay, very positive meeting, and I'm following up with both HH and HRH, which happen to be with me here in Redacted. It looks like Prague. <laughs> Could be wrong. One of the text messages shows who this person is talking to, and it's Kirill Dmitriev, the CEO of the Russian direct investment firm, RDIF. Mueller said in Volume 1, Dmitriev was among the Russians who tried to make contact with the incoming administration. In early December, a business associate steered Dmitriev to Eric Prince, a supporter of the Trump campaign and associate of senior Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Dmitriev and Prince later met face-to-face in January of 2017 in the Seychelles and discussed U.S.-Russia relations. During that same period, another business associate introduced Dmitriev to a friend of Jared Kushner, who had not served on the campaign or the transition team. Dmitriev and Kushner's friend collaborated on a short written reconciliation plan for the United States and Russia, which Dmitriev implied had been cleared through Putin. The friend gave that proposal to Kushner before the inauguration, and Kushner later gave copies to Bannon and incoming Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. He goes on to say, Mueller does, that Dmitriev undertook efforts to meet Members of the incoming Trump administration in the months after the election, Dmitriev asked a close business associate who worked for the UAE royal court, George Nader, to introduce him to Trump transition officials. And Nader eventually arranged that meeting in the Seychelles between Dmitriev, Eric Prince, a Trump campaign supporter, and an associate of Steve Bannon. In addition, the UAE national security advisor introduced Dmitriev to a hedge fund manager and friend of Jared Kushner, Rick Gerson in late November 2016 in December 2016 and January 2017 Dmitriev and Gerson worked on a proposal for reconciliation between the US and Russia which Dmitriev implied he cleared through Putin Gerson provided that proposal to Kushner before the inauguration that's the one uh, Mueller asked Trump in his written questions if he was aware of the meetings Dmitriev took part in next we see a text messages from Page to Dmitriev saying we can talk in person when you get here not good to talk by phone when safe line isn't working The guy is designated by Steve to meet you. I know him. He's very, very well connected and trusted by the new team. His sister is now Minister of Education, main contributor to the team. That was for the setup of the Seychelles meeting. Carter Page was involved in that. And finally, there's a letter from Carter Page to Nunez and Schiff. Here's some excerpts. Uh, I greatly appreciated the important hearings you began Monday and was further encouraged by the request from Chairman Nunes that anyone who has information about relevant topics come forward and speak to the House Intelligence Committee. I would eagerly welcome the chance to speak with the committee to help finally set the record straight following the false evidence, illegal activities, as well as other lies distributed by certain politically motivated suspects in coordination with the Obama administration, which defame me and other Americans. Amongst many other complete lies... This excerpt from the highly inaccurate dossier concocted by the political consultant Mr. Steele remained one of the primary false allegations against me throughout much of last year. Yet a month after the election, Switzerland-based Glencore was revealed as the actual buyer of that stake in December 2016 with respect to potential uh, coincidences, as Representative Schiff alluded to. So please note that I've never met with any member of that company, Glencore. Um, He did. Uh, but there is someone who coincidentally has had an exceptionally close relationship with Glenn Corf via its founder. For further background, I would refer you to the 2001 proceedings before the House of Representatives Committee on Government Reform regarding the controversial pardon of international fugitive Mark Rich. And then Representative Bernie Sanders, um, he quotes Bernie Sanders during those hearings. Interesting, quoting Bernie Sanders. Uh, then there are some redacted bits, and it ends with uh, "I greatly appreciate the offer of Congressman Nunes for all citizens with information about relevant topics to speak to the House Intelligence Committee. I would look forward to engaging with you in the interest of finally ending this ruse. Thank you in advance for your consideration. A lot of spelling errors in there. Sorry if it was weird to get through for me, but <laughs> trying to read what he wrote is hard. And we'll stay up and uh, we'll stay on top of these releases as they happen for you. They come out pretty much every month. Um, 302s from the Mueller report through that FOIA lawsuit won by BuzzFeed and CNN. And we'll be right back with more news, including a bombshell about an alternative Mueller report that a federal court has ordered to be released. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG. You know that I love my coffee. I start every day with it, and that's why I'm so excited to introduce you to Trade. Trade's goal is to make every cup of coffee your best cup of coffee ever. The journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their coffee quiz, Use a French press or automatic drip? What do you use? Cold brew? No problem. Your answers will allow Trade to pair you with the perfect coffee to fit your taste. Trade will match you to coffees you'll love from 400-plus craft coffees, and they'll send you freshly roasted bags as often as you like. Trade guarantees you'll love your first match. On the off chance you don't, they'll replace it with a different bag for free. Uh, Give feedback as you sip. As your preferences evolve, your coffee matches will too. I can feel good about each cup since Trade partners with 55-plus small U.S.-based roasters who are committed to ethical and sustainable sourcing. For our listeners, right now, Trade is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags at checkout. To get yours, go to drinktrade.com MSW and use promo code MSW at checkout. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com MSW, promo code MSW for $20 off your first three bags. And this holiday season, give the coffee lover in your life the gift of better coffee too, with her own personalized gift coffee subscription from Trade. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Before we get to the alternative Mueller report, we have some dossier and Mueller commentary from Heather Digby Parton from Raw Story. She writes, The last few weeks, we've seen the media work itself into something of a frenzy in an attempt to force a reckoning on the matter of the Steele dossier, the opposition research document prepared by former British intelligence agent Christopher Steele, about then-candidate Trump. I'm sure I don't need to go into detail about that chapter in the Trump era. You'd have to have been in a coma not to have heard more about it than you've ever cared to. Suffice to say that it was the source of the rumor about the infamous P-tape, which offered many a late-night comedian an uproarious punchline. It's hard to know exactly what precipitated the sudden desire to have the media don a hair shirt over their coverage of the dossier, but seems to stem from a recent ABC interview with Steele and the recent indictments of a handful of people, two people, by Special Prosecutor John Durham, three now, three for lying to the FBI about it. Durham's inquiry into what Trump called the oranges of the investigation, lover already, has been going on for years now with very little to show for it. And according to those who have followed the case closely, like journalist Marcy Wheeler, there's very every reason to believe that the probe will end up a big dud. I concur. Nonetheless, there's been quite a back and forth among news organizations over whether they were too credulous in reporting on the dossier and if it was ethical to publish it in the first place, overlooking the mountain of evidence that had nothing at all to do with the dossier and the bizarre behavior by both Trump before and during um, his presidency when it came to Russia. The result of all this reckoning, quote-unquote, is that suddenly there seems to be some belief, even in mainstream quarters, the whole Russia scandal was overblown and perhaps not worth the resources and time put into reporting it. No doubt there was some histrionic coverage of the Steele dossier, but the truth is that virtually every news outlet that reported it made it clear that it was unsubstantiated, and no one reported that it was the only reason for the Russia investigation. Trump and his campaign's suspicious behavior was more than enough to set off alarms all over the world. Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller and his team found that they could not prove a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russian government in regards to the interference in the election and the hacking of Hillary Clinton's campaign. He indicted a bunch of people, including Trump's campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, for passing campaign data to a Russian operative associated with an oligarch to whom he owed a lot of money. He was actually not indicted for that. There were strange fringe players all over that campaign, including the famous coffee boy, Papadopoulos who were also indicted by Mueller and confirmed by the Bipartisan Intelligence Committee report to have been the one who actually tripped the investigation by the FBI. His loose lips to an Australian diplomat about Russian activities on behalf of Trump happened months before anyone had heard of Christopher Steele's dossier. The Senate report made clear the dossier was not a source of the government investigation. The Mueller report did not rely upon it in any way. It was a sideshow at best which had zero bearing on the findings of those two huge investigations, which concluded that the Trump campaign's suspicious activities, including the numerous overt attempts to cover up and obstruct justice, were more than enough to justify the investigations that plagued him throughout his term. In a somewhat surprising decision on Tuesday, a federal appeals court reversed a lower court ruling that kept certain redactions in the Mueller report in place pertaining to Trump Jr.'s involvement in the investigation and the Mueller team's reasoning for not charging him, and others with campaign finance violation. The government's insistence on keeping that under wraps was absurd, since much of the information was already public, and its reasoning that it would cause reputational or stigmatizing harm made no sense. They will not unredact parts, which explain why Mueller chose not to charge for false statements, which would really be interesting, unfortunately. The decision won't offer any new uh, revelations, but at least it strikes a small blow for transparency. Um, But according to the BuzzFeed reporting, we will get more information on why Mueller decided not to charge Trump Jr. for campaign finance violations, although we already know the answer to that. So it is not really new information. As he has his whole life, she continues, Trump has escaped direct accountability for any of it. I doubt the Russia investigations had anything to do with his loss in 2020. And Mueller's decision not to say directly that Trump obstructed justice because it might harm his reputation while also making clear that he could be prosecuted for that crime after leaving office was tragically naive. I disagree. But anyway, we'll go on. That's no reason for the media to signal its even handedness by flagellating itself over the Steele dossier and help Trump persuade even more people that the Russia scandal was nothing more than a partisan witch hunt. It was not. And one can't help but wonder if it might be more fruitful for the media to have a little reckoning over their but her emails coverage during the 2016 campaign, a truly egregious error in judgment that led to the nightmare that followed. At the moment, there is every reason to believe that could easily happen again. Very well written. And finally, from Josh Gerstein at Politico, an unpublished investigative compilation, sometimes referred to as the Alternative Mueller Report, has been located in the Justice Department files and could be released soon, according to a letter that was filed in federal court Thursday. A top deputy to Mueller, Andrew Weissman, revealed in a book he published last year that the team he headed prepared a summary of all its work, apparently including details not contained in the final report. Quote, at least for posterity, I had... All the team members write up an internal report memorializing everything we found, our conclusions, and the limitations on the investigation, and provided it to the other team leaders as well as had it maintained in our files. That's what he wrote in Where Law Ends inside the Mueller investigation. The reference prompted the New York Times to submit a FOIA request in January um, and to follow up in July with a lawsuit in the U.S. District Court in Manhattan. Lawyers from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan told Judge Catherine Polk-Falia in a letter Thursday that officials have figured out what document Weissman was alluding to, and they've begun reviewing it. They're reviewing it for possible release. Quote, since plaintiff filed its complaint, defendant has located and begun processing this record and intends to release all non-exempt portions to plaintiff once processing is complete. That's Assistant U.S. Attorney Jennifer Jude. Uh, quote, defendant estimates that primary processing of the record will be complete by the end of January 2022, at which time the defendant expects to send the record to other DOJ components for consultation. Jude did not provide an estimate of how long those consultations could take, but proposed updating the court by mid-February. The pledge to process the so-called alternative Mueller report is no guarantee that what's released will contain significant new revelations. Let me repeat that: <laughs> the pledge to process the so-called alternative Mueller report is no guarantee that what's released will contain significant new revelations. The Justice Department can use a variety of exemptions in the FOIA to shield parts of the document from disclosure, including by deeming it attorney work product or part of an internal deliberative process. Current DOJ leaders could waive those exemptions, but releasing other contents, such as grand jury material, that's not going to happen. That has to stay private. The group Weissman supervised in the special counsel's office was called Team M for Manafort. We knew that. Uh, the, The Trump team was Team R for Russia. It's unclear whether investigative teams other than Weissman's also prepared compilations that were not contained in Mueller's final report. And again, I want to be clear here. We should not expect too many new revelations with this. Though I still wonder why Weissman has been so quiet since just before Tom Barrack was indicted in July. Maybe he was working on this. I don't know. But we'll be right back with Sabotage and the Fantasy Indictment League. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's AG. Are you feeling frustrated after getting rejected for a credit card or a personal loan? It happens a lot. And that's why Credit Karma is changing the way people find and apply for cards and loans. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying off an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized to you on credit karma you can check out multiple loan offers side by side members who compare loan offers on credit karma save an average of 30 percent on interest rates that's huge it's completely free it's easy to sign up for a credit karma account with no effect on your credit score whatsoever making it simple to search for the right personal loan for you credit karma will even show you your approval odds so you can choose offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence and once you have a loan credit karma can help you track your progress as you pay off your debt and even let you know if and when you can refinance and save. Finding the loan that fit my needs when I needed to pay off home renovations was tough, but with Credit Karma, they made it incredibly easy and helpful for me along the way. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. If you're ready to apply, head to creditkarma.com slash loanoffers to see personalized offers with your approval odds right now. That's creditkarma.com slash loanoffers to find the loan for you. Again, creditkarma.com slash loanoffers. And today's show is also brought to you by Wealthfront. If you want to invest for the long-term, it helps to invest on your terms. Maybe you're pro-solar, maybe you're a cannabis supporter, perhaps you like crypto stuff. But whoever you are, you should invest in what you believe in and that's what makes Wealthfront so great and so different. In just minutes, you can get started with Wealthfront's classic portfolio, or you can make things custom with the investments you care about most. Wealthfront even offers socially responsible portfolios, which is a mix of funds built around human rights, climate change, and sustainability. That's awesome. Wealthfront is super easy to personalize, meaning you can tweak your portfolio to match the things you care about, like clean energy funds, crypto trusts, cannabis, plus hundreds more. No matter what you're into, Wealthfront will help you build wealth responsibly and protect you from making dumb mistakes. Um, and Best of all, Wealthfront is totally automated. They do all the trading, all the rebalancing, and they help lower your tax bill as you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over 27 billion dollars in assets helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. You can get your first $5,000 managed for free at wealthfront.com/msw. Takes just minutes to start building your wealth, so visit wealthfront.com/msw. That's wealthfront f r o n t .com/msw. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for sabotage. All right, from Murray Wass at The Guardian, excellent reporter, we learned this week Garland is criminally investigating parts of the Broad 1 six conspiracy. January 6th, a federal grand jury investigating Trump's former attorney, Sidney Powell, has uncovered evidence that Powell filed false incorporation papers with the state of Texas for a nonprofit she heads. It's called Defending the Republic. And that's according to sources close to the investigation. In the incorporation papers, Powell, who filed lawsuits across the U.S. in 2020, listed two men whom she said served with her on the organization's board of directors, even though neither of them gave Powell permission to do that. The broader federal criminal inquiry into Powell, led by the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia, since last fall, they've been examining allegations of fundraising and financial fraud by Sidney Powell running the group. That's according to documents reviewed by The Guardian. In corporation papers, Powell filed with Texas Secretary of State on December 1, 2020, for defending the republic, listed only three people, as comprising the group's initial board, Powell, Lynn Wood, and Brannon Castleberry, a Beverly Hills-based businessman and consultant. The federal grand jury has reviewed extensive documents that neither Wood nor Castleberry ever consented to serve on DTR's board. One of the two men, that's one of the sources here, it's either Wood or Castleberry, has said he wasn't notified even after the fact that Powell had named him as a board member. The grand jury is investigating whether Powell misrepresented the makeup of her board in an effort to attract more donors. That's fraud. The federal investigators are also trying to determine whether Powell diverted money from DTR for her own personal use, also illegal. And they're also looking into whether Powell defrauded donors by falsely claiming their donations to DTR were used to finance lawsuits, the Kraken lawsuits. Powell has said the mission of DTR has been to protect the integrity of the election in the United States, but to do so required that, quote, millions of dollars must be raised, she said. But investigators have found only one single instance in which those funds were used to finance one of her numerous high-profile election cases. Ironically, the federal investigation is also looking into whether Powell improperly used funds from DTR to defend herself in defamation cases brought against her by Dominion Voting. And with that in mind, it's time to play the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm gonna be indicted! No, wait, it's gonna be a- indicted! I'm oh, Dick indicted! I- I'm gonna be indicted! They can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted. Well, Well, um, I'm going to draft Sidney Powell this week. That's a new one. I've never had her on my uh, fantasy indictment team before. I think it's time we hear also about a cooperation agreement with Tom Barrick in the Eastern District of New York. I'm also going to draft Trump for charges from the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office for obstruction of justice. That's volume two of the Mueller report. I'm, I'm going to keep hammering on that if the D.C. USAO doesn't uh, charge him. The D.C. USAO just got there November 5th. Remember that. And uh, let's go with Rudy DeGeneva and Tonsig. Um, let's to that that um, three stooges. And then, of course, Gates L. Key, L.A. Key, I believe her name is, and Jacob Engels in Florida town. And uh, let's go with a cooperation agreement with McConey in the Manhattan DA probe. There's so many to choose from. Uh, thank you all very much. Again, thanks to our patrons. I appreciate you. Um, and you can listen to us every week here. You can listen to the Daily Beans every weekday morning. And then, of course, we're doing Here Right Matters by Colonel Alexander Vinman for the MSW Book Club right now. And the, the, those episodes drop on Sunday as well. That, that's the show this week. We will see you next week. And until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG, and this is Muller, She Wrote. Okay. W media